1: At McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint with WDEV. Uh, thanks for coming back with us. Uh, re- joining me this morning is Representative Jonathan Williams, who's a Democrat from Washington 3 in Barry City. And I asked Jonathan to be on because I love talking to uh, folks who are new to the legislature, uh, freshman legislators, and what their... Um, opinion is of, of how it works, and because you get a different view from looking from the outside in. So Jonathan, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Pat, and um, bringing me back after our uh, talk about the Barry Community Relief Fund last week.
1: Yeah, that was cool, and we have to talk about that later on in your role there. Um, can, uh, can you talk a little bit about uh, your background um, for our listeners and obviously why you wanted to run for the legislature and and perhaps a little explanation of who you represent
0: sure uh well i am one of two elected uh, uh state house representatives from berry city the other is representative peter anthony and uh my background i uh grew up in new jersey and then uh went to college and served in the united states peace corps in morocco uh and then i came to vermont for grad school um Where I got a master 's degree at u v m and i've been here ever since and uh i've worked in uh various roles uh for municipal governments as an administrator i've worked for the League of cities and towns and for the last almost six years I have worked for the Vermont food bank uh I am one of the folks there who handles uh grants um and so uh it's a it's a great honor and a joy to work there and um uh, that uh, the food bank is based in Barrie. So uh, I ended up moving to Barrie, and I've been here for a while, and I love it here. Barrie City is a great place to live. That's
1: great. So on your on your bio, you said you come from a small town in New Jersey. What was that small <laughs> town? Because I, I come from New Jersey, so I was curious.
0: Oh, okay, sure. Uh, I come from Hopewell, which is in Mercer yep. County, New Jersey. I don't know if you're familiar. Um, I am. It's, uh... Oh, Good. <laughs> It's a small town outside of Princeton in the Sourland Mountains. Uh, it's very much like Vermont in many ways, uh, and uh, I loved growing up there um, and, uh, you know, hiking in the woods and and um, it's just it was a great place to grow up. And uh, across, so I ended up it's
1: across. Oh, I'm sorry, Jonathan. It's across the river from the Stengel Manufacturing Company, is it not?
0: Um, I believe so. It's very near yep. the Delaware River. Yes. Yep. Um, right.
1: Be- <clears throat> my family was big on, stangle, on buying stangled dishware, and we used to go down to the oh. plant down there. So we would cut through Hopewell um, to get there. <laughs> and uh, so I've been to sure. the town many times. It's beautiful down there. Good for you. Oh, my gosh. That's um,
0: awesome. <laughs>
1: yeah, No, it's funny. Well, you wouldn't believe how many people are getting off topic here. How many people in mm-hmm. uh, Vermont are from New Jersey? We're, I was going to start making a list of all the people I know that come from New Jersey. But glad you're here. No, I'm glad I'm here for sure. It's true. Um,
0: so, it's true. There's a lot of folks from down there who are up here. I, I think we got sick of the billboards.
1: <laughs> isn't that the truth? I, that was the first time I ever wrote to a governor to thank them for anything um, I wrote to Governor Dean to thank him for his anti billboard stance because we went on vacation sure. one time. I don't know where we were going, but there were it was ridiculous. There were billboards everywhere. Yeah. I Got back to Vermont, I went. Thank you, Governor Dean. So there you
0: go. <laughs> absolutely, uh, so, absolutely. You know,
1: what I want to know, Jonathan, is I don't know what your impression was of the legislature. Whether you had any involvement with them before you mm-hmm. became a legislature, but. When you actually got into uh, the belly of the beast, um, what any surprises that came to you about how they operate and, and what it's all about?
0: Sure. Well, I, as I said, I worked for the League of Cities and Towns as a municipal advocate. So I was um, responsible for tracking a lot of legislation that had to do with um, uh, transportation and public safety, uh, things like that. So Um, I had sat up uh, in committee rooms for many hours listening to discussions about the transportation bill, the T-bill, and other pieces of legislation. But it really was a unique experience this past year um, being elected. It was such an honor to be elected to represent Barry City and to serve. Um, It's certainly, uh, there's a lot to it. Um, There's, you know, there's the policy uh work which i love and enjoy I like crafting legislation and and thinking about solutions to unique problems um and then there's the politics side of things and then there's the the people or personality side of things and so each has a different uh pretty steep learning curve um and you know folks find their roles they find their what they're good at and um and yeah but it it was certainly uh a, a fascinating and challenging but very rewarding experience to to be elected and to serve my first year in office.
1: That's great. Um yeah, I thought, I worked for state government for 20 years and so it was in my positions was always up in the legislature. But there were still some nuances that I was surprised at like when I first was sat on the floor of the house, I was asked by some legislators to stand up and ask the speaker if the men could um, take off their jackets because it had to be a woman, and I thought they were putting me on. I wouldn't do it. Yeah. I Thought it, they were they were setting me up, but it turns out that's the deal: that a woman has to stand up and and ask the speaker if the men permission for the men to take off their jackets because it was hotter than blazes. But I really thought they were putting <laughs> me on, so I didn't do it. So I always felt bad about that. But who knew? Mm. So there you go. Um, so yeah. you were. Fortunate enough, and I will say, fortunate enough to be assigned to the House Committee on Commerce and Economic Development, which is a great yes. committee, great chair, I think. Maybe you have other opinions, but um, did, was that one of the three um, committees you asked for? Because um, for people that are listening, they ask you to give them, uh, to give the, the speaker three committees, and they'll see if they can accommodate uh, your request.
0: Uh yes, it was actually my first choice. Um and I I completely agree with you. Mike Marka is a wonderful chair. He's very um receptive to uh points of view and to listening to letting allowing folks to speak. Um it it was uh it was one of the reasons I ran was to see um how we can make state government more efficient, uh especially in the ways it supports businesses and nonprofits um having worked for the food bank um we do access some state and federal funds in order to make sure folks can uh folks who are hungry who are food insecure can eat mm-hmm. and um some of those ways in which the state um provides money to different entities different nonprofits or businesses they're kind of inefficient. There there's a lot of hoops to jump through and so uh one of my goals was to um one of my goals still is to make uh state government work better for folks um and small organizations. And so um I think um House uh Commerce and Economic Development plays a key role uh in doing that and so it, it's it's I'm very happy to serve on that committee.
1: Yeah, that's right. Mark 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 is so respectful. Of people's mm-hmm. views of mm-hmm. people. Period, and uh, and being a, a presenter in his committee, it's very relaxing because um, he is very <laughs> respectful and gives you the time to talk. That's great. Um, yes, we only have does. a few minutes before we go to break, but um, um, I just wanted to talk about some. Oh, I should ask you: Are you still with the food bank? Are you doing that and legislature, or do you just focus on the legislature?
0: Uh, I am. I I still work with the food bank. It's my day job. Um, I, you know, during when it's not the legislative session, I work a full 40 to 50 hours a week. And um, during the legislative session uh, the past year, I worked about five hours a week for the food bank. You know, the legislature doesn't. Um, really compensate you that much. So it's, it's nice to have another source of income and also, uh, health insurance and all those other things. So, uh, exactly. yes, I'm still working my other job. Um, and it's, it can be it's a challenge a to balance those two things. Yeah.
1: I got to know John Sales, uh, when he worked for state government. Um, and mm. I worked with him closely on some issues and he has just done an amazing job with that food bank and the people he that has. work there are just so dedicated. It's a good job, and, and there's a lot of downtime in the legislature where you can, can. Um, <laughs> of course, they always say it's supposed to be a half a day on Friday, which mm-hmm. never quite works out that way, does it?
0: Uh, it does not work <laughs> that way, in my experience. No. <laughs> they, they tell
1: uh, you that yeah, I they do my best, pitch, but it's... yeah, go ahead.
0: What? What's that? I'm oh, sorry, I do my best um, just to 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 check emails when I can, and. Yes. Sometimes it's some late nights, but uh, they're very – the food bank is very accommodating of my work schedule during the legislative session.
1: Um, Jonathan, I was um, – before the break, I talked about when when an individual wants to and a legislature wants to submit a bill for consideration, they usually try to get as many legislators to sign on as possible. It just looks good mm-hmm. if they have got so much support for a bill. And I noticed you signed on, on on quite a few bills, which was good, and also concurrent resolutions, which um, sure. don't have any imp- effect of, of a bill, but just makes a statement from the legislature's point of view. Was there, um, I guess, was there any theme that you were looking for when you signed on to bills? That's the wrong word, theme. Um, but <laughs> what you were mostly interested in. Um, it was quite interesting, the bills that you signed on to. I thought that was I, it was very, very interesting and very telling of, of what your background is and what, what you were interested in.
0: Sure. Um, well, uh, you know, a number of the bills are priorities for the Democratic Party. I am a Democrat and proud to be one. Um, so such as um, an act relating to child care and early childhood education, um, you know, the we worked on a lot of our legislative priorities this year, including protecting reproductive freedoms, universal child care, uh, health care savings, suicide prevention, um, and things like affordable housing, um, right to rep- and then also some of the, um, some of the bills that I signed onto are committee priorities, um, specifically mm-hmm. around things like right to repair, um, workforce development, uh, unemployment insurance fixes. Um and so I was very pleased to sign on to some of those bills. Uh and and then finally some of them are bills that I actually um requested be drafted up and I'm still hoping cool. to uh get through um uh in the second year of the biennium. Um one of those is H140 which is an act relating to requirements for state funded grants and that would actually create a standard template for all grant applications. Across all different agencies and departments in the state of Vermont, no, no small order, that's for sure. But well, um, good for you. <laughs>
1: you. You know what would kill me about nonprofits, and they and I watched one one woman in particular who is head of one of my favorite nonprofits. She would have to go to. She went to me as commissioner of labor, but then she would have mm-hmm. to spend her time going to different agencies getting monies. And I and I always <laughs> yeah. thought, what? A, I'm sorry. What a waste of time for her. She should be back. Uh, but you mm-hmm. need to it's a, you know they need the money why there wasn't some kind of of a single source or make make the whole process much easier um the state yeah. should agree to give them x bucks and and yeah. that's it why, I mean I just found the nonprofits is a tough business to be in and they do such great work um it, it me,
0: is it be- is and it's the same problem that a lot of smaller communities face um a lot of um, towns and cities I, I, I learned in serving as a town administrator, um, you know, they are relying on volunteers to complete these uh, grant applications, right. um, loan applications, and why the process is different across every single state mm-hmm. agency and department. Even within those various state agencies, they have multiple different processes for accessing money for really important things like paving roads or for purchasing um, uh, a fire truck or or something like that. And, um, you know, Vermont isn't that big of a place in terms of the number of people here and why we have all of these different hoops to jump through is is beyond me. So, you know, it's an effort. That bill is something I really hope we can move on. It would just create a standard grant form. It, It does a number of things, but the main thing is it would create a standard grant form that um, so people wouldn't have to relearn uh, uh, how to how to tap into these state funds, especially, you know, Barry just went through a flood, um, especially in times of emergencies like that. Why do we have to do an entirely new process? Um, that's a I good example. agree. And do you know,
1: uh, when I was commissioner of motor vehicles, we tried to streamline our form because there's a lot mm. of information on those forms that nobody checks. They mm-hmm. ask people. Mm-hmm. But they don't check, so, like, why bother? I mean, if you're not going to check, if it's accurate, yeah. why, why are you driving these people crazy asking asking questions? So um, we streamlined yeah. the form um, so that it was simpler. It just makes no sense to me. Good for you. I'm going to have to follow that bill. The other bill was the repair <laughs> Thank bill, you. which I thought that didn't go through, and I thought that was, that was wrong. It should go through. I hope it gets reintroduced. Um mm, yeah I don't think it went through yeah. I thought, I thought it was a good bill you on your committee were involved in H484 which to yes. me was one of the, the the keynote bills um from last session which had to do enhancing work, workforce and economic development opportunities great bill
0: Mhm yeah uh, I, I you know it, very critical bill and you know as you well know as everyone your listeners know that there is a workforce shortage uh in Vermont, um especially around really important professions such as teachers, nurses um, uh, tradespersons, you know the folks who lay fiber optic cable for high speed internet um who who repair the telephone lines during snowstorms and that bill, which a lot of it got wrapped up into the um the budget bill. Um but that bill uh provides a lot of workforce incentives uh you know loan forgiveness um accelerated uh uh classroom uh programs that sort of thing in order to really fill that need for um- uh talented and qualified um workers and so you know it 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 ties very closely into the housing crisis we can't um, build or rebuild or refurbish a lot of the homes in our state, um, when there's such a housing crunch without folks who are, who are trained to do so and who have good paying jobs. You know, yeah. we want to make sure that those folks have, um, good benefits and good paying jobs and that they can, um, uh, new, new learners can, uh, go through these, uh, career technical education centers and then, get access to well paying jobs quickly. Um so I, I think H44 does a good job of of providing um incentives so folks can do that.
1: Yeah, it's an excellent bill and um you took a lot of testimony on it. Um and yeah. you covered uh, all of the key elements as you're talking about. I was very impressed with that bill. That was and you guys did a great job on it. So um, oh, thank thank you, you for that. It was a good bill. Um, you know, you mentioned housing, and could you tell folks where Washington 3 is? Because I think it, when I was a legislator, sure. that's the area I represented.
0: Did sure. You know, Washington 3 is um, Berry City. Um, the numbers may have changed uh, they, they with the reapportionment uh, process. But um, Washington 3 is Berry City, and it's a population of about 8,400 people. Um, and it's myself and Peter Anthony who are the state reps there, um, here, um, calling from home. And, um, it's, it's a wonderful community and, um, you know, in terms of housing, uh, Berry City has the second oldest housing stock in the state of Vermont. Yep. Um, a lot of our housing is, is much older than neighboring communities. We also have a higher percentage of renters, uh, compared to homeowners in the city and, um you know with the recent flood uh, event uh, which devastated our community uh, that we're continuing to rebuild from um it really just was really bad timing because there already is a lack of housing and a yeah. lot of folks homes were heavily damaged so we have to figure out a way to um rebuild and to rebuild smartly and to make sure that homes are affordable for folks but also keeping in mind that you know climate change is not going to make things easier uh, for us, um, there are likely to be future weather events that pose challenges for our community and all of Vermont, really. And how do we rebuild in a way that's smart, in a way that um, uh, doesn't uh, makes us less susceptible to flooding and and other disasters in the future? So I think that's the yeah. challenge.
1: And Barry really got uh, got hit. As a matter of fact, uh, Representative Anthony, yeah. I think he lost his home, and and uh, that was a great location yeah. where he was. I've been there for years. Yeah. He and his wife. Um, when I was a legislator, I represented Berlin and part of Barry City, and it was the uh, okay. all of the houses and stuff down by what used to be Allen Lumber because I can't remember
0: oh. the new name.
1: But yeah, it, it, it was all of those uh, homes that were a lot of renters that you mentioned. Really great mm-hmm. people, and they were lots of them were were um, displaced. How, what have you yeah. been doing from a representative perspective to help down there
0: for the sure? City? I you know I I it's really heartbreaking to see how many folks have been impacted by this flood. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I, I, I'm working on a, a couple of levels. The first is on my weekends, I just haul trash and and try to clean up like everybody else. Um, right. You know, shoveling mud. I was down at the the labor hall the other weekend. Um, they got hit pretty hard. Um, As a legislator, I've been um, trying to do my best to direct people to various resources, um, whether it be unemployment insurance or FEMA or um, the various different um, uh, kinds of funds that are available for folks to help rebuild. Um, I've also been participating in the flood hearings that the legislature has held about um, what, what the state did well and what it might have could have done better. Uh, on regarding, um, flood response. Um, and then I've also, um, been participating, um, because I have the skill set from the food bank in setting up the Barry Community Relief Fund. I'm a board member there. Um, and we are both fundraising and deploying those funds to businesses and, uh, uh, families who were hit by hard by the flood. So. Um trying to operate on different levels, and the food bank is also doing flood relief, so <laughs> it's kind of consumed my world uh uh lately um we've done a lot, we still have a long way to go um
1: you guys got so that you guys got so hit by the by mud, yeah unbelievable. I was helping somebody yeah. who was opposite the uh the old labor hole and it was like lifting mm-hmm. cement it was ridiculous yeah um so well, thank you for all of that um. Uh I know that Bob uh, Nelson was on WDEV. He called up begging for mm-hmm. help. Uh because mm-hmm. he needed help to get all his entire uh stock of, of inventory was down in the basement and uh yeah. so I don't know how much he lost. I was gonna have him come on the show um to talk about it. Just devastating stuff, unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So thank you all for thank you for that. How how's I just I should have asked you but I was gonna ask you about the uh, Peace Corps, but I was just curious how do, how do you think the um what revitalization is going to getting Barry back uh, on its feet again? How's it going?
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's going well. There a lot of people have volunteered their time and their money and resources um to help Barry recover. We've um a lot of communities have lent us their heavy machinery and heavy equipment to to rebuild, right. but you know, um it seems like the downtown is back up and at them for the most part, and that's really great. But it, you know, the flood really hit the north end, and a lot of uh, folks on first, second, and third Street and right. Scantini in that area, and those homes are, are a lot of the a lot of those units were damaged pretty badly. Some folks um, will have to see buyouts occur um, <clears throat> through FEMA or others, uh, other organizations, and. I don't think they'll be able to move back in, unfortunately. So, yeah. um, you know, and, and the second part of this crisis is a lot of folks' heating units, their hot water heaters and, um, furnaces were in the basements of their homes. And, um, that's where the flood was for a lot of folks It was in their basements. So, um, the, we really need to make sure folks have, uh, proper, uh, heating equipment, um, in the winter by the time the snow flies. Um, and that's really gonna be the second wave of this disaster uh yeah. when we have to make sure that it doesn't happen.
1: well, the people in the northland are just i i loved going to visit them they're hard working um and they're, they're family people wonderful, wonderful mm-hmm. place to actually to to live and I'm sorry that there's so much damage there because it was a real strong community um yeah. i just I enjoyed visiting with them and and trying to help them. Um and that's really that's really sad. There's some gorgeous old homes there. Um yeah. but anyway, um it's um I just wanted to talk a little bit because that's part of being the Peace Corps, helping folks. What made you want yeah. to join the Peace Corps? You don't hear much about it anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, well it's still um a very uh uh essential and thriving um right. organization. Uh it, you know, I um, always wanted to uh travel and see the world when I was a kid and um I really loved learning about um the history of uh Africa and North Africa in particular. And so um when I graduated college <coughs> excuse me, I uh joined the Peace Corps and I uh, got sent to Morocco and it was a wonderful experience. Uh, I really enjoyed a moment of it. Um I met Excuse me, I met my wife there uh she was a volunteer with me, and um yeah, yeah, it was a really wonderful experience I, I got to work with a woman's um artisan group and um we got them set up with some uh looms so that they could weave their traditional um berber or amazi um carpets and sell them uh so they could have some economic independence from their husbands um and that was the first grant I ever wrote so um that got me started on the grant writing track too um and it was just a great experience and and uh learned arabic and um the food there is amazing the the people there are amazing uh I strongly encourage anyone to, if they can to visit uh sometime
1: that's great and you also i read you also taught english to folks uh um but i think the the language i think english they speak a a lot of English right don't they anyway mm-hmm
0: um they speak they certainly have a, a bunch of languages there um predominantly um uh Moroccan Arabic and French as well as some Berber languages my wife actually learned a uh, a Berber language called Tamazight um she was based in the Atlas mountains up in the mountains so she she learned uh and became very fluent in a Berber language uh whereas i was uh near the coast and so i learned Moroccan Arabic, um, uh, but they they do speak a lot of French there and some English, um, and it's a very diverse place. Really,
1: I was always surprised. I my company here in, in uh, actually it was in New York uh, uh, was part of a Swiss company, um, and so mm. impressed. Whoever you whoever I talked to, they knew English and uh, people that live in in uh, overseas. Um, they seem to want to learn English, and um, you can go places mm-hmm, and there's mm-hmm. only somebody that speaks it so um, that's really that's cool Morocco. how romantic it's just from <laughs> the movies, so you all know about Morocco right um
0: yeah, It just, yeah. it
1: seems so different for sure, um, and Moroccan food is probably awesome
0: yeah Moroccan food is amazing. There's a Moroccan restaurant yeah. in Burlington, actually, um tagine and couscous and I love Moroccan food it's so it's so good my wife and I learned mostly my wife learned how to cook some of it and we we eat tagine at least once a month it's it's delicious That's great. uh That's great. Oh my
1: I I learned how to cook Arabic food uh, uh quite a while ago and there's a, a woman who used to work for the uh, um labor union. Um mm. and she and I used to kind of compete every once in a while about who could do the who <laughs> could cook the, the best whatever. Um and so that's in in Burlington, the Moroccan restaurant?
0: Yeah, I believe it's called Morocco Cafe and um they're great and uh, the owners from Fez and um great. it's it's really authentic Moroccan food and, and yeah. Moroccan mint tea as well.
1: Got it. Got it. Oh, gotta check that out. That's great. Um and then you uh went over to um you came back here and, and you work for the VLCT and may I say grant mm-hmm. writing experience is is something you can use no matter where you go. That is high sure. high demand in our workforce because um it, there's a trick to writing grants. Um I think it's keep it keep it simple, right? Um direct <laughs> and simple. Yeah. Um and that's the KISS theory, correct? Anyway, but the VLCT has been an amazing organization. Um
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh has a new I don't know how long has Brad been there.
0: Who's been there, there a while. Way? He 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 joined up after I left the organization. Oh, um the, oh. uh so you work for When Steve? I was I did work for Steve Jeffrey. Yes, yeah. he was a, a great um leader and CEO and um yeah, it was it's a it plays a very important role uh representing um, the municipalities, all of Vermont's municipalities collectively um, in advocating for um, very critical appropriations like uh, money for roads, paving and that sort of thing. But also um, they have a lot of positions on on uh, things uh, like clerks and treasurers issues, public safety and much more. So they they play a very essential role. And um, it, it was a I learned a lot working there.
1: I bet you did. I loved being on the board uh, years ago. That was a great experience because you got to meet people from all over the state, and you knew that uh, you weren't alone in some of your problems, that you thought uh, you're the only town <laughs> that had these problems. Not. Everybody's dealing with the same thing these days. Um, anyway, yeah. so um, we've, got, we've got quite a bit of time left, and I'm glad about that because I want to talk about next year. And um mm. you're probably gearing up thinking about uh, the things you want to introduce as far as bills and legislation and um what are you looking what are you thinking about coming when you're coming back um what would you like to see happen
0: sure um there's a number of initiatives that I think are very important uh that are coming up uh for the next session um a lot of them address <clears throat> um some of the issues that we encountered with. Uh, the recent flood events in central Vermont, um, and Barrie in particular. Um, one of the bills that I've been, uh, pondering has, is, um, uh, not only, uh, is there a need for a statewide rental registry and Barry city has a rental registry and it played, uh, an essential role in our recovering from the flood because, um, more than half of Barrie's residents rent and so, um, when people were displaced because of the flood when they were evacuated and had to leave, um we needed to be able to account for those persons are were they hurt were they were they goodness forbid killed um and so the rental registry in the city played an important role, and that really speaks to the need for a statewide rental registry but also um something that a lot of folks haven't considered is the need for um being able to account for all of the storage units in the state of Vermont. And I think maybe it might be useful to have a bill that um, details a rental uh, storage unit registry, uh, simply because when people are recovering from the flood, when they have to pull out all their furniture to clean their homes, or when they are completely displaced and their homes are unlivable, um, a lot of folks, including my colleague, uh, Peter Anthony, could not find Uh, a single storage unit to put their furniture and, um, all their clothes in when they were moving or needed to clean up and they could not find anything anywhere. And so having some sort of storage unit, um, tracking or registry, I think would be very important in terms of resilience for for Vermonters when these types of events occur, um, in order to recover and in order to find where, how they can um, uh, make their next step in terms of finding a place to live. Um those those storage units are are, are critical and it's something a lot of folks don't think about. Um, another another thing that I, I'm hoping that we can um, work on is improving the two one one system. A lot of my constituents uh in Barrie during the flood, unfortunately were not able to get through to um, the state's two one one system during oh. and immediately after the flood. And so you know i i i think a lot of folks have put a lot of hard work into 211 i'm not disparaging the folks who work there or any of that but um we need to make it more resilient when there is a high volume of calls um, yep. for example when when the flood happened so that folks can can get the help they need immediately um, a lot of folks were in peril and um didn't know what to do didn't know where to go and if you, they can't get through the two one one they were told, well, you can email us well, those folks don't have electricity <laughs> or working computers or phones. How can they email anybody um you know so i I would like to see the two one one system improved if we can um and then there's the bill that I mentioned the the grants bill and and um other um and critical critical uh bills such as um uh Uh, Well, we worked on universal child care this year, but paid family leave is something I'm hopeful will come back uh, next year um, and that we can get that done, too.
1: We're back with uh, Jonathan Williams, who is a representative of Washington 3, a new legislator. And we were sort of asking uh, Jonathan what he thought of the legislature when you're sitting right there. It's a little different than when you're in the balcony or checking out what's going on, you miss a few nuances. Like the importance of the cafeteria, Jonathan. And oh my
0: gosh, to, yes.
1: <laughs> and you get to watch people going into the into the speaker's office and you're like, Oh, what's happening? What's going on now? <laughs> right? It's like you see yeah. lunch with who and you're like, da da It's a it's a giveaway. Yes.
0: Absolutely, and the, the cafeteria cookies are, are um, oh. gosh, they're really essential for morale, I think, for the legislature. Exactly. Uh, they're really good, and um, so much work gets done in the cafeteria um, in addition to the committee rooms and the House floor, I would say. It was really a really surprise, uh, but a welcome one, and um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, sure. So I used to love to watch the
1: people going into the speaker's office and everybody go, what's that about, you know?
0: <clears throat> you have to check it out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway yeah. um the the fl- the rental registry and storage uh, i think the storage is important if uh when looking at where the vacancies are i mean where where you mm-hmm. can move stuff to as as peter um experienced um that would be a real help and the rental registry i mean uh, that, I, I just think that's an important thing i don't not sure people would want the storage units if that's where i put my stuff um mm-hmm. Whether no, want no. To
0: know. Yeah, I, I not necessarily where people store their stuff, but which yeah. uh which um storage units have availability oh, yeah, um that's in perfect. term yeah, I sort yeah. of yeah, I don't think we wouldn't yeah. want to share any personal details about no. people's storage, but but certainly where there is uh available storage units, yep. especially right. in times of emergencies would be very important. Exactly. No, I
1: agree with you 100. percent I was just like, whoops. I Mm -hmm. wonder if people would be thrilled to have their name that that's where they (laughs) left all their valuables. That wouldn't be so good. No, no. But storage system. That's a really great business to be in. Um, We've got quite a few storage units around. So, how is Peter? Can we ask on how is Peter doing? Is is, is he's okay?
0: Yeah, he's okay. He's he's a he's a tough guy, and you know, he luckily, thank thank goodness, found. An apartment to move in, uh, Good. in Barry City while, um, they either renovate their home or, or simply, um, potentially accept a buyout. I don't know, um, what their thinking is on that, but his home and all of Scampini Square really got, uh, inundated with several feet of really thick, viscous. Yeah mud from the Stevens branch. And, uh, you know, I I put out a call to help folks clean up his place, actually to legislators, to, uh, if they wanted to come down and help muck out his basement in the days following the flood. But then it kept raining. And because oh, of the right. rain, the basement would reflood. And you can't muck out when there's standing water in the basement. So it was really frustrating, I think, and for him and Marsha. And, and I'm so glad that they were Able to right. find a a, um, a place to live.
1: Yep, I didn't do very well volunteering. I volunteered one day to to help uh, move Uh-oh. mud, and I just I felt my age big time by about uh, I think two o'clock. I sort of gave up. I just it was like moving cement. And you and when yeah. you're standing in it, you can't get a good um, footing because the the mud's yeah. moving below your feet, so you really don't have balance. And uh, oh, I didn't do very well. I was mad at myself but I finally figured out how old I am. Um that it people have done it. Ama- those the commercial people who who do that work do an amazing job how they come in and get rid of that yeah. stuff. Oh, terrible. And A- then how the heck well you thank could- you for
0: volunteering though, that we appreciate well, no, it. I, and, I tried.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I failed. Um I, I just I for doing the stuff around the house I've got the energy and stuff, um and even though I'm a little older, but but moving that stuff, was that was the test, and I failed. Yeah. Terrible. But anyway, um, I'm sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh, no, I was just going to say thank you, and, and my thanks to everyone who came to Barry and volunteered sure. their time, and we couldn't have done it without all of the volunteers and the volunteer coordinators, even the folks who canvassed who went door-to-door to check in on people, Um, That is an essential service as well, and, um, you know, we needed to collect uh, better information about who was impacted, even in areas that might not have seemed like it. Um, They still could have had water in their basements or lost, you know, a a heater or something, and so really important work.
1: Yeah, and I think the governor has, and I've mentioned this on almost every show I've had on on this subject, that he wants everybody to report because that will determine Mm -hmm. the amount of funding that we get from it's the true. federal government. So if they don't know you've been injured or impacted, um that will lessen the amount that will be available for. Us. So it's really
0: important, mm-hmm. correct? That's absolutely so that's- true. Yes, yeah. it's it's critical that we get everyone who has uh, um suffered um damage or losses to to report it to the state um through 211 so that we can get an accurate accounting and make sure we tap into all the available federal funding that's out there. Exactly. Um so yes it, that is very important. That's cool. We've got about 5
1: minutes, Jonathan. Um uh you've talked about last uh coming up what's going to happen next year. Um what's been your overall assessment of the legislature? Is it is it worked the way you hoped it would work? Um have you had the impact? Have you been able to stand up on the floor and fight the good fight and um that's always a challenge for for new people to figure that that routine out. The
0: standing on the floor sure and, uh, sure um yeah I, I think i've i found uh you know it was as i said a, a steep learning curve but i think I, I um found my my role um you know as a writer and uh, a grant writer and just a writer in general um helping to draft legislation and to um tweak existing language and draft legislation uh, in my committee was um um very rewarding I was able to um help draft the finding section on the right to repair bill that is now moving to the Senate this year and I think is a very critical bill for um farmers in Vermont to be able to repair their own machinery and equipment without um violating any warranties or anything like that. Um I I did I was able to speak on the floor about um a few key bills um, especially universal school meals um was something that um, the legislature did this year, which which I was greatly support of, supportive of, um, as someone who works for the Vermont Food Bank. Um, uh, you know, feeding our children in schools is so essential to reducing food insecurity levels in our state and nationwide. And I'm I'm so so happy that that bill um, passed and is now law, and that our children in Vermont are able to eat free food uh, at their schools because. So many parents, so many families rely on those meals um, for their children to make sure that they don't go hungry. So um, I did speak on the floor about that, um, and I, it was an honor to do so.
1: That's great. Yeah, it's just that there's a lot of subtleties to people don't realize it to be to speaking on the floor, how it works, that you're actually yeah. just talking, you're supposed to be talking to the, um, the, the oh, my God, what's her name, the house? Um, the, speaker? the speaker of the House, and and you talk mm-hmm. to the other legislatures through the Speaker of the House, yes. as opposed to Canada, <laughs> when they're all yelling at each other across the across the hall. Have you ever seen them a, a, a a meeting up in, in Canada? It is hysterical. Mm-hmm. I, I went to look. Mm-hmm. And I was with the Secretary of Transportation from Canada at the time, and my eyes looked like a deer in headlight watching them throwing stuff at each other <laughs> and fighting and Then she looked up and winked at me, and I went, Oh, it's just <laughs> what it is <laughs> yeah, you know I said we don't yeah. do that here in Vermont
0: no no and and in fact, the way Vermont does it is is pretty old school, but I think it's a yeah. very effective way of um Making sure that folks have the time that they need, and also keeping yeah. things civil. Um, and, and I really appreciate how we do it here in Vermont um, by I agree speaking with you. through the speaker. I agree.
1: That's, I, really, I really agree with you a hundred percent because um, mm-hmm. that was very. I wouldn't like anybody throwing paper clips at me um, if they didn't like what I was saying.
0: No, <laughs> no, that no, was, that, that that was could so get
1: funny. Rough. Yeah, and if she hadn't winked at me, I think I would have like, oh my god, I got to get out of here. It was terrible. Anyway, um, last (laughs) few minutes, I wanted to thank you because you were, you also worked, uh, you on the board of directors of the Twin Valley Senior Center, and I I love these senior centers in Vermont. So that must have been a great experience. What wonderful people!
0: Yes, I I did love working, uh, serving on the board there, and. uh it, you know our senior centers play such an essential role in, in our in our Vermont communities making sure that that older adults have a place to to socialize and to exercise and to um learn new uh skills and hobbies pick up new hobbies and and also you know the Twin Valley Senior Center does meals on wheels so um ah. it, it it makes sure that they're being fed Um, it's such a critical role. And, you know, Vermont has one of the larger older adult populations in the state, and um, they are a vulnerable population when it comes to things like um, food insecurity, but also during the COVID-19 pandemic. And so, you know, making sure we have effective, impactful senior centers like Twin Valley Um, is is so important. And they're such a great organization. What a cool space that they have there.
1: Absolutely. Um,
0: It was a pleasure.
1: Jonathan, thank you. I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Uh, We've learned a lot from you about uh, who you are and what your interests are and your love for Vermont. So thank you very much. This is Pat McDonald, your host for Vermont Viewpoint on WDEV. Uh, We'll see you on Thursday. Bye.